my name's Chris, and I'm here with my good friend Zach. How we doing, buddy? Eh, we're doing good. <laughs> you look like I, you're about to be like, I'm fucking awful for a hot sec, but no, he's no, doing great. I'm, I'm good. It's just another, uh, you know, week. Yeah, being an adult. Week. I'm gonna agree with you there. It's it's <clears throat> been a lot of emotions this week, and so we're 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 doing our best to bring you guys some content that will hopefully lift up some spirits. And also inform you about the going on of the the MCU. Uh, I made Christmas Day earlier this week. You did. I'm excited. This is the first time this has ever happened. Zach and I, well, first time it's ever happened for me. Zach is going to Comic Con on October 8th, and he was kind a of dumb, a big dumb. dingus and accidentally I've, bought uh, more days so than I've, he meant to. Yes, I typically go. I typically go to Comic Con. I don't go every year. But when I do go, it's usually I go one day for myself so I can dress up and do whatever. I have a Spider-Man uh, cosplay. I don't know if I'm going to wear it. I, I want to honestly want to get a little bit more fit because and I might not even wear it because the zipper is a pain in the ass. Mm. But I will be wearing probably my homemade Spider-Man one from Homecoming. Homecoming? Yeah, from the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Uh, and then I go on Saturday with my father as tradition. I'm a dingus, and I bought two Sundays and two Saturdays, so I said, oh, crap, and I looked. They're non-refundable, but I mm-hmm. could sell them again. I'm like, I could, or I can make Chris's day, and I did, and I said, Chris, what do you – I remember I called him, and I said, Chris, what are you doing October 8th? He's like, I, that's far out. I don't know, man, and I said, I said I, I'll tell you what you're doing. You're coming down to the city. <laughs> We're going uh, to Comic-Con. Yeah, I'm so excited. Like, what? It's awesome. I honestly thought this was going to be like another killing joke situation where he called me and he was like, I have something coming for you on this day. And I was like, oh, great, cool. I'm ready to die. But no, it was, it was way more exciting. Yes. So we're so. going to Comic-Con. It's going to be exciting. It's my first was... Comic-Con ever. I've been trying to go to Comic-Con for years, but my finances has just never lined up or something has been in the way that's been like super important on the Comic-Con day, whether it was my my degree or some sort of family event. There was always something that seemed to get in the way. Too bad. Every, life can go shut up because I'm taking you, damn it. Yeah, it's going to be fucking sick. So I'm really excited. Thank you for the incoming memories already. I'm going to thank you in advance. <laughs> I'm already thinking, like, should we record something that day and then just release it raw, like, not unedited? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, not at Comic-Con, but, like, when we get back. Like be exhausted i'm gonna be dead yeah 100 percent. yeah all the signings and everything it's gonna be a lot but i, I uh, warned so, him i warned chris too like you got, watch out that shit gets expensive i spent oh yeah one year i think i spent 180 dollars to get almost everyone signing my player's handbook that that you know from critical role mm-hmm. i'm missing brian and i'm missing ashley johnson and i'm like damn it not brian is that his name i honestly i the I'm one who plays Vex. Oh. Forgot entirely. I'm not a Critical Role listener as much as I love D&D. Uh, I gotta check it out, though. Uh, I know of Matt Mercer because it's Matt Liam Mercer. O'Brien. So I'm missing Liam O'Brien. That's the one. That's, the, that's, that's who I'd be missing. I'm uh, missing Liam O'Brien signing it, and I need Ashley Johnson, and then it'd be complete. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey, watch out. But that was adding up. And then, well, I mean, you and I are also recovering from... Uh, uh, Memorial Day break and getting back to the group of things. Indeed. 
as of yeah. this recording to date it again. I love a, a bit, most people are like you shouldn't date your when you record. You say I don't care. You yeah. got, I think at this point you guys know these don't come out a week after. No, <laughs> we do our best, but it doesn't always work out that way. Actually, I don't even. I think I I started to do that and then it just wasn't working right. So I just said you know what, let's start having like we'll record something that'll come out two weeks later. At least get myself on a relatively normal schedule so right. um so today we have speaking of memorial day break a pretty cool episode oh were you just gonna was that your segue into what we were reading yes basically no, i'm so okay. sorry what were you reading zach tell me what you were reading oh well i was gonna mention what we were talking what we were gonna talk about today but i haven't read anything oh, about what it. we're gonna talk about we're all we're all thrown off <laughs> it's okay uh but speaking of america Hey! Uh, I, I read America Chavez, uh, born, uh, sorry, America Chavez made in the USA, which is a, is actually kind of changing her origin. However, I don't know. It's one of those, like, they change it for apparently no reason. And I'm like, you know what? It's a bit more grounded. However, doesn't matter. To me, I don't care. Like, I'll still use the old origin of, of you know utopia the utopian parallel and blah 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 instead of this new one because it's like again what i have learned from just in general from you like youtubers the comic book youtube and even comic book tiktok you make up your own headcanon so to me the america chavez made in a usa story is a good kind of like new origin but also kind of shakes up the fact of yeah but maybe this is all maybe this is the lie you know what I mean? Okay. Because a lot of That's times cool. people come up with like a new origin and be like, oh, actually, this is your real origin. And whatever you think of is a lie. And it's like, eh, yeah, but, you know, the next writer down will just go, nah, fuck that old shit. Now, right. Screw that new shit. We're going back to the old shit. Right. I also read, um, because I like her thing with the Demiurge, which is a good segue into, I read both volumes of Strike Force, mm. which is a team... You of relatively powerful people, and this is kind of like a fallout from the uh, War of the Realms, uh, because they have to deal. These guys specifically have to deal with like this weird uh, group of dark elves, basically. So this listen to this lineup. You tell me how OP this is. Ready? All right. Um, Blade. Right. Spider Woman. Okay. Angela. Okay. Uh, Monica Rambeau, the Winter Soldier, Damien Hellstrom. And Wiccan. Jesus. Like I like this team should not lose at all. You have every base covered. Yeah, you every got every single one. So for those who don't know the names of the people, um, Angela, daughter, uh, sorry, sister of Thor, Spider Woman, Jessica Drew, Bucky, Winter Soldier, Blade. I think those guys really need no explanation. Those three, not Angela, Monica hmm. Rambeau, Spectrum. She was in WandaVision. Right. Wiccan is Billy. Yeah. Um, Wanda's kid. But this is him, like, becoming, is, like, on his way to becoming the Demiurge, which is, like, a, which is, I think, a being more powerful than Scarlet Witch, maybe. And Damon Hellstrom is the son of Satan. Love it. Jeez. Yeah. Talk about supernatural. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. That's just, like, yeah, I have no words. That That's, that's like, an A1 team right there. Yep. And then I also, speaking of an A1 team, I also read, uh, Al Ewing's Defenders. Um, I'm showing. I'm also showing Chris the cover. So this team has Silver Surfer, mm-hmm. 
Red Harpy, Betty Ross, uh, Doctor Strange. Right. Um, you have... So you have also Cloud, which is basically a living, sentient sun, kind of. Interesting. That is non-binary, because... Doi. At that point, when you're made of pure energy, it's kind of difficult to establish your gender. Right, but who, but they still have to get a form from something. And um, the masked raider, who actually his mask is a piece of eternity itself, so a piece of the universe. It gives the wearer basically any power they really need. But really what he does is, like, this first introduction to me was he goes to Doctor Strange, they start to fight, and Doctor Strange is like, he th- he shoots something, like the bolts of whatever, at him, and then he blocks it with magic. And he's like, that should take years to master how to block Okay, hold on. Turns off magic and starts fighting this guy fist to fist. He's like, okay, the mask gives him whatever powers your enemy has. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) It's like, the mask gives you powers, but so does my brown belt and taekwondo. (laughs) (laughs) So he knocks him out. He's like, yeah, eh, stop it. So they actually, this is like time hopping. But like when I say time hopping, I mean they're going back through dimensions. So like, oh, they go back to the sixth universe where, where, um, Galen, who becomes Galactus, is a baby. And they team up with his mother. And then they go farther back when their devourer existed in the fifth universe, which was all about magic. The sixth one was all about science. The fifth one was all about magic. So there is no science. Mm-hmm. Then they go back. I think they go so far back, they go back to the third universe. They go back to one that's like the concept of who of heroes we think of are like physical embodiments of emotions really like four different emotions like there's a four-faced hulk interesting which is like each one of them but every universe has its own devourer has its own version of galactus still right so which is a way of showing no this is a constant this will continue to happen yeah checks and balances right and then i also read i read like what five five books since we last recorded i read um eric Eric Burnham and Josh uh, Burkham's, yeah, mm-hmm. their names rhyme, and they actually make a joke about that on the back of the cover. Um, <laughs> their version of Transformers Beast Wars. Okay. So it's a retelling, but they actually, instead of just retelling, they have new characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Optimus Primal, Rhinox, um, you got Cheetor and Rat Trap, right? But then you also have new character Nyx, who is a vet. And you have, you know, you, even with the and the Predacons, you have Megatron, the t- the T Rex, you got Dinobot, you got Scorponok, you got Pterosaur. I don't know. I think they have Scold and um, Tarantulas. First off, by the way, these are also their names before they become animals. Mm-hmm. So when they were just cars, somebody's name was Rat Trap and Optimus Primal because the Maximals and the Predacons. None of them, on Cybertron, none of them have animal forms. It's only when they have this one, only when they're on this one planet do they get animal forms. I'm like, well, you were named this before that? Right. Huh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's weird. But it is it is interesting, and it, the art style is pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we always appreciate a good art style. So, man, you've been really, like, going through it this week. That's crazy. Personally? I have. Yeah, what do you want uh, to read, Chris? Oh, I'm sad to report nothing, buddy. This has been... A past. This is this has been a week with everything that's been going on. I had a personal issue of a close family friend who was in a scary situation. Thankfully, he's okay now. Um, and then, yeah. in addition to some of the recent tragedies that have happened the past week, um, things have been 
not super great for me mentally and I've been processing a lot and doing a lot of stuff and also working on top of it and every moment that I like trying to find some type of piece in comic book it seemed to be occupied by something else um so it, it hasn't been a very comic heavy week um that being said uh there have been some up parts uh or I guess some pieces on the up and up of me watching Stranger Things and Kenobi and things of that nature so I am still getting my nerd fix it's just it was definitely lacking this week. Comics? Yeah, definitely lacking in comics at the very least. You know, it's, it's just been, like, crazy busy, and things have been mm-hmm. scary. So it, it, it's nice to be here recording this and just, like, having a little bit of a relaxing sort of episode here. But speaking of the episode, and thankfully it seems like you read enough for the both of us. With I was about to say. So it's good to have that going. Um, so with your... Oh, also, I've been still plugging away at the... I'm not sure if I mentioned it last episode. I'm sure I did. The Milestone Compendium, because that thing is huge. Yeah, that's going to take... And I also don't want to get burned out on it to the point I don't even want to read it. So I'm just like, all right, let me read, and then we go read something else. Because if Mm I... But it's also like that era was like, we're so good, and they just... They were not afraid to go political with that stuff. Right. Because I'm sure I mentioned it last week. All right. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Uh, so, with that said, I think we can jump into what we're going to talk about this week. And it's not a specific person. We're bringing back a team. A team that we haven't had a chance to talk about. A team that Zach has... Wait, Chris. He hasn't, he hasn't been bugging me super much for it. What? Chris, we already talked about the Justice League. Ha, 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 all right, you know that joke had to be made at some point. <laughs> it had to come out. Honestly, that in lieu of a pun, I'm okay with it. Uh, we are, of course, talking about the one, the only, Squadron Supreme. So, this is... DC's literal Justice League. I mean, DC. Indeed. Shit. Marvel's literal Justice League. I God knew it was going to happen. I After you made the Justice League joke, I knew it. Fuck. There ah, you go. All right. But... Squadron Supreme, yes, Zach is absolutely right. This is the version of the Justice League sort of amalgams within the Marvel Universe. Not even, so, not e- so, not, not even, even amalgams. amalgams. These not are even straight amalgams. Literally ripples. straight copies. <laughs> yeah. But of course, they, I mean, because there's the thing. It's like, you got Namor, you got Aquaman. One of them came first, and then the other one ripped him off. Yes, but this is literally like, like the meme Hey man, can I copy your homework? Yeah, but change it just enough so that way the teacher doesn't realize it. Meanwhile, exactly. it looks the exact same fucking stuff, just slight differences. That that's this team. Yep. That's literally this team. And so and I love without it. further ado, yeah, it's great. Uh, Zach loves a little bit of the guy I'm gonna talk about here. We're gonna start with the base six one six universe and we're gonna go through it. We're also gonna kinda give you a very rough cut of the team's goings on's uh, goings on. The team's activities, I think is a better way to say it, uh, just because these, you know, can span several issues. And a lot of the times these teams are um, not only from different universes, but we have different members from different universes, like in the case of this first one when we're talking 616. So we want to be able to give you guys a decent amount of content, but at the same time not bog you down with how much we're hitting you with. So for basic Squadron Supreme from Earth 616, we have our member Hyperion, who is from Earth 13034. Uh, he's their Superman. He has their eternal Literally. physiology and uh, all of its strengths and weaknesses. And then we have Slight Blur. Slight obviously. Slight di- I was going to say, like, he doesn't have kryptonite, but he does have, like, a different wavelength of sun color that 
depowers him, which is not red, but yeah, it's basically again yeah. Superman with slight changes here and there. Mm-hmm. And then we have Blur, like I said, which is from he is from Earth one four eight six one one. Once again, based on the name, you can probably make a solid guess at who he's supposed to be, which is Flash. Uh, and he has been clocked at being able to keep up with uh, Quicksilver, and some actually think he could be faster than him. And then we have Doctor Spectrum from Earth four two nine. 0001, who after bonding with a stone at the bottom of the ocean, she gains the ability to utilize an energy field that has offensive, defensive, and healing properties. It's this uh, team's uh, Green Lantern, but yep. all colors of the rainbow. Indeed. And then we have Nighthawk, who even by the name, that's another one that you could make a really good guess for. From Earth uh, 916. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. He's an expert in martial arts business marksmanship and investigation uh he holds a particular disdain for hyperion and teams and then we have thundra from earth 715 very well trained in most styles of combat in addition to peak human conditioning and she's usually seen wielding her signature chain mace you really don't want to mess with and then we have warrior woman who if you find a picture of warrior woman the right picture of warrior woman it takes absolutely It's 100% zero creativity for how insane of a ripoff this is. Like, once again, we're talking about... First off, Chris, this is, just, this is just one word difference. Yeah. She yeah. still has the same, like... She still has the same letters of that, yep. would be, that could be on the costume. Yeah. Warrior Woman is, without a doubt, I think the most blatant ripoff. Uh, in look, in name, in everything. Right? She's from Earth 21195. She is utopian. Right, all of its advantages and having Amazonian. to have, yeah, Amazonian. <laughs> having to have, uh, she has telepathic resistance as well as extended life force longevity. So, so the reason go. why I di- I just want to make make note, I didn't make fun of Thundra because compared to the to the other versions of the squadron that we we're going to talk about, she's the only one that's from this group. Right. That it's basically like Thundra and Warrior Women, Warrior Woman. You're doubling down on the Wonder Woman ripoffs, but mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- this is the only team that has this extra member that I have never seen outside of this group. Right. And she also usually has been a, a villain, part of like the Fearsome Four and other groups. And then she's like, I'm tired of being a villain. I'm going to try to be a good guy now. Yeah, I'm going to join the team, right? So mm-hmm. with this 616 version, as I said, they all come from different realities. Um, you're also going to find with Squadron Supreme that a lot of the times... They are very good at writing the gray line, which is something that I really like. And it's also something that's very indicative of the Justice League as well. Although I think these guys definitely teeter on it much more than the Justice League does. Um, So it's interesting to sort of look into the team dynamics. And most of the squadrons that we're going to talk about today consist of all of the members that we just talked about, minus Thundra or with an addition to another person. And if there is an addition or they're missing somebody, we'll make sure to talk about it. Um, But... Getting started, this squadron was formed through all of its heroes coming from different realities, as I said, and the only thing they had in common was that their worlds had been destroyed by incursions. And incursions, of course, is when two realities collide, and it usually results in the uh, destruction of one and or both of them. So I'm looking at you, Jonathan Hickman. There you go. So there's there's a big word. And if you have seen a recent MCU movie that I will not name you know exactly what we're talking about. So uh, due to this, 
After finding themselves in 616, they vow to protect the 616 reality and Earth at any cost. So their first act as a team was to take retribution on Namor for his hand in destroying Dr. Spectrum's world. And then they travel to Atlantis, where Zarda kills Atuma, Namor's right-hand man, and Zarda is, Zarda. of course, warrior woman. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah. And while that is happening, Hyperion physically lifts up Atlantis way up into the sky, only to throw it back down and destroy it completely. And then pretty soon after, he decapitates Namor with his atomic vision. So through all of this insane, uh, <laughs> just, hey. we're going to protect this reality, but we're going to do it by destroying and decapitating and killing pretty much everybody. Uh, hey, the populace uh, of 616 have very mixed reactions to this, as you could guess. Uh, Doi. Also, uh, spoilers, not really. Uh, Namor gets better. He does. He definitely <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair to throw that in there. I mean, um, so. if you think about it really, a lot of times, unless your name is Uncle Ben in the comics, you are, you can come back at any point where you're just right. really waiting for it. So it's just like, exactly. oh, my God, he caught up. Like, I'll be honest. I think I read this one. I think I might have this. And it was like, you know, it's like, oh, my, you know, the, the heroes are like, oh, my God, he decapitated Namor. I, me, the reader, I'm like, I give it about 10 issues and then he'll come back. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's so true. So, uh after sort of their insane stint and outing, uh, they are transported to Weird World by Thundra, where they end up meeting Dr. Druid. And Dr. Druid had not only been resurrected as they were killed in the past, once again, give it about 10 issues and they come on back, uh, mm -hmm. but they had enslaved the people of Weird World through the use of a powerful crystal. And with the help of Thundra, they were able to stop this quote-unquote control uh, however, on the way back to 616, Warrior Woman actually fled since she was previously allied with Dr. Druid and Thundra took her place. So that is a very, very quick rundown of the 616 squadron. Uh, so this is kind of it's interesting in its own right, because this is much more of an exiles type squadron, which I think is pretty interesting, honestly. Um, and I also really love that they just went straight up, balls to the wall, with them announcing their presence and them being absolutely concrete in their decision-making and how they want to deal with this problem. I think that was really, really cool. <clears throat> so, once again, there's the gray line. There's the sort of mixed bag. You know, they have good intentions, but is it really good intentions if they go about it in a crazy way type conversation, which is always fun. And so we go from uh, gray leaning a little bit towards, you know, darker tones to completely much more sinister tones. God damn it, Chris. I had to throw one in there. You got the Justice League joke, I get my puns. Alright? That's fair. <laughs> Alright, so this is Squadron Sinister of Earth 21195. So they're, this group replaces Blur with, technically with one of it, one of its OG characters and we'll talk about their OG uh, after this, mm -hmm. but so replace Blur with a guy named Wizard, not as cool of a name. Squadron Sinister. So they ran the domain of U Utopolis with King Hyperion acting as his ruler. Obviously, your your sinister version, one of you is going to be king. Mm -hmm. They saw weakness as a crime punishable by death and frequently annexed territory through force. I mean, when you're the basically the Justice League. 
when you're in justice, in justice, like before injustice was even a thing, no one's going to stop you. Yeah. So due to the power of the squadron, they were able to take over six provinces over the period of two months. Mm-hmm. However, not everyone in the team was in support of so much conquest. Nighthawk secretly hated King Hyperion, as he do, and planned to overthrow him. Similarly to Warrior Woman, who helped the people of Newtopia, a neighboring province that had been taken under control of the squadron. This universe, this is actually also takes place during, this is under Battle World, so this is, takes place during Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. So this is God King Doom. Secret, yeah. Sorry, Secret Wars 2015. I have to be specific. There is technically two, three of them, and only two of them have the same name. So Iron Thor, it is exactly what you're thinking of. It's not mm-hmm. Iron Hammer. Nope. This is just Iron Thor, who is part of the Thor Corps, who are the police force of God King Doom. Uh, he was dispatched to observe Utopolis and how they were expanding so fast. But he was killed by a power pr- by a power prism taken off of Dr. Spectrum's corpse. While this was happening, Sandman stole a weapon powered by Argonite, Hyperion's weakness, uh, on behalf of Nighthawk. Nighthawk then pit the rest of the squadron against each other, so they were too busy arguing to interfere with his plan. Which is smart, honestly. Mm -hmm. Nighthawk does an amazing job of just absolutely adding confusion and just fuel to the fire for the squadron. He does a right. really, really great job. He plays his, uh, what's his name? His worm tongue role very, very well. Yep. So this is why when we said province, we were talking, th- because um, the earth isn't set up by countries and whatnot. This is set up by um, provinces and patchwork. It's basically a patchwork. It's a patchwork world. You know, it's worlds grabbed across space and time, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you're right. Because God King Doom had very little of the multiverse to work with. Anyway, after weaving a tangled web of lies and Warrior Woman, fulfi- Warrior Woman, good lord, Zarda, I'm gonna call her Zarda, fulfilling her end of the bargain, so she was not outed as helping the Newtopians. Nodhawk was alone with Hyperion, using the Argonite and empowered weapon and Doctor Spectrum's power prism. Uh, Nighthawk was able to defeat Hyperion, but was arrested by the Thor Corps to be put on trial for his crimes. Zarda testified against him, and he was not found definitively guilty of killing Iron Thor. He was found guilty of sowing discord within his team and was sentenced to be exiled. If I remember correctly, being exiled on Battleworld uh, gets, you sent, yeah, gets you sent over the wall, and within the past the wall is either the Annihilation Wave, basically Marvel Zombies, or... Ultron, or basically Ultron Town. Mm-hmm. So, if the zombies don't eat you and turn you into a zombie, you might just be devoured by a bunch of space blocks, and if they don't get you, you're probably getting turned into an Ultron construct. <laughs> yeah. There's like, or I think at the very I least just, like, wiped out completely. <laughs> right. I think if I remember correctly, there was one part, there's, like, a little spot there, like, a village of, like, safe haven, but that's, like, basically next to no way of getting there. So anyway, when Reed Richards restored the multiverse, the Squadron Sinister was revived, but their world was dying, so they banded together to build a teleporter to get them off-world. However, the teleporter took a long time to build and was only able to teleport one person at a time, so the Squadron fought each other to determine who went through. Zarda was overlooked due to her gender. Rude. Yeah. 
Also, so would, like, really bad assumption on the Squadron Sinister's part. But I guess they're evil, so I guess, you know, the toxic masculinity that already might be present in the team is just, like, pushed even further. <laughs> most likely, yeah. So she used that advantage against the rest of the Squadron and s- killed them all and teleporting to the exospace between realities. And that is, unfortunately, the last we ever see of them. Yeah. You gotta love bad guy versions of teams, though. Honestly, like, King Hyperion, as much as he's a bastard... That's such a cool name. It has a very nice ring to it, you know? It's yeah. kind of like God Emperor Doom. It's just like when you take an already pretty elevated character and push him to a status of royalty, sometimes it just sounds good. Sometimes it doesn't work, but there's a lot of times that it does. So then we're going to go back. We're going to go way back. So this is another Squadron Supreme. This is from Earth 712. This is a very, very early Squadron Supreme. This is the OG, okay? So this squadron is huge there are tons of heroes on this team we're not going to break them all down yeah this is if you look into this this is the original squadron supreme Mm -hmm. it and a lot of these characters are literally just rip-offs like again carbon copies of the justice league members but it gets like extended roster like we're talking like when we talk about the squadron we're focusing on like the key members that you think of even when you think of you know uh, just like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, right? No, the, the Squadron Supreme of Earth 712 or Earth S mm-hmm. is the Justice League extended. So think Justice League Unlimited. It's yeah. just that. And a lot there of people, go. very easy to notice who they're a copy of who, but there's a lot of them. There's a ton. Right, I think there's almost 30 names on this team. There's a lot I'm of people. To, I'm, I'm about to go find out because I want to know. Count them. I want to count them. All right. So as he's counting, I'm going to break down the team. So this is a team of superheroes from Earth S, also known as 712. The team initially formed to fight a giant mad robot. Um, they've clashed with the Avengers on many occasions. And in one of those equations, equations, occasions, they found out that the president was under the influence of something called the Serpent Crown. So they publicly denounced him and he was ousted from office. The Serpent Crown is sort of a evil aligned uh, relic having to do with a multinational sort of underground cult. Um, and after he is publicly denounced, Darkhawk takes his place and as president. And then the Overmind, in combination with Null, the Living Darkness, leaves their worlds in chaos. So the squadron decides to take control of the world was the safest alternative. So basically what happens here is that regular people are ousted from power. And the squad not, not Darkhawk, it's Nighthawk, by the way. Oh, excuse me, Nighthawk. Yeah, and Dark and Hawk. Null the Living Darkness is not the King of the Symbiotes. It's long before that. No, 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 no. This was different. Yeah. Dif- different Living Darkness. So, <laughs> a, a completely different Living Darkness. So, yes, my mistake on saying that. But uh, we have a new president who is a superhero. And then after that, we have their, that superhero president becoming an advisor, having advisors from the Squadron Supreme in order to take complete control of the world, in order to avoid a situation like with the Overmind and all the living darkness. So, the Squadron takes things to a bit of an extreme, and they use behavior modification to forcefully rehabilitate criminals in order to have them join their cause. All right? Uh, Yeah, not a great approach in a lot of people's uh, understanding. So, Nighthawk sees this as a terrible ethical decision, and leaves the squadron to go form his own group, known as the Redeemers, um, a few of which were actually able to infiltrate the group and undo some behavior modifications. 
However, the two groups do eventually meet, and there were casualties on both sides, but a wounded Nighthawk is able to convince Warrior Woman that the horrors of the project are too great, and she surrenders for the squadron, which effectively dismantles the project in the process. Okay. So and- I counted about 20... I said 25. I'm not including... There's like two Hyperions, and one of them is fake, so I'm not including him. I think 25 members... Wow, so pretty close to 30. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 20, yeah, 25. Jeez. I'm not naming them all. I'm not naming them, but there was at no, least two hyper- There's at least two Nighthawks, I'll tell you that. Maybe find the craziest version and save it for the end here. Talk about the most blatant ripoff. And we'll go from oh, that. Wait, find the, so find the weird ones? Find the weirdest one. We love All the right. weird ones. Go He's ahead. doing it. Going. I'm going to keep talking about him. So uh, the behavior modification problem project dismantled. Done. The team then returns to Earth-S after being stranded in 616 following a conflict with the Nth Man. And the squadron finds the recently destroyed project had been revived under a global directorate. So this behavior, behavior modification project is revived when they leave the Earth after they fight the Nth Man. Nth Man. They come back after being stranded in 616 fighting the Nth Man, and they realize that somebody else has picked it up and has made it better than ever. The new and improved behavior modification project, which is so much worse. Uh, so the squadron then vows to make it their mission to destroy the director completely, and they do pretty damn good. So... Soon after, we're going to jump ahead a little bit, the government comes under fire from the Serpent Cartel, right? Which is what we're talking about here with, you guessed it, the Serpent Crown, which is a huge industrial complex full of human agents in service of the extra-dimensional Serpent God, Set. The Serpent Crown, as I said before, is a manifestation of Set and is able to continually put politicians under its influence. The squadron is sent to take down the Avengers, who were staging a coup since they were aware of Set's plans, even though the squadron wasn't. So, through travel to another Earth, through the conflict between the teams, the Avengers were able to seize the Serpent Crown on the other Earth and convince Squadron to have the current president step down. And this is when Darkhawk's alter ego, Kyle Richmond, is elected by a landslide vote. All right, so that's a quick runaround. So what we did there is I gave you a nice quick rundown, and then we went um, through the actual events of what happened and got a little bit more in detail. Because... There's not a whole lot on this squadron, even though it is the OG team, right? This is sort of the main focus of their arc. So the squadron, this squadron has its final days when they also come to a cataclysmic event of unknown origin after the multiverse is restored. Only Zarda and Hyperion are the only, excuse me, only Zarda and Hyperion are the survivors of this event. So this team is pretty cool if albeit way too big. Um, I do kind of like the idea of a super society, but that being said, I think I would like it a little bit better if it was maybe a little bit, well, I guess these guys are pretty benevolent as it is, honestly, besides the you know, behavior modification projects and take over the earth, even though it has, I guess, some sort of good aligned decision-making in there, you know? Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, interesting formation of the team to fight the giant robot and also a rather abrupt end. So we figured we'd want to include them. 
You got something yeah. for us, Zach? Let's see. I ha- okay, I have... So some of these guys actually don't have... I, well, at least they don't say they're a pastiche of somebody else. Right. Um, But I want to mention at least <clears throat> these two. Okay. So Harold Danforth is known as Haywire. And his abilities are the ability to form nearly unlimited quantities of steel-like 5-millimeter diameter tangle wire uh, filaments from his fingertips, which he can use to entangle opponents, right? Or shape. Uh-huh. Specific. But it also says in his notes, Haywire was written out of the Squadron Supreme team because he wasn't a pastiche of any DC character, so he stayed on Earth-616 when the Squadron who have been stranded there, returned to their home reality. So just because this guy was an OG <laughs> character, and they just said, no, screw this man. <laughs> they, left, they left him in 616. Oh, because he's so not funny. a prestige. Everybody else was a prestige, which, but it doesn't, didn't always blatantly say. And then another one, which I thought was funny, because as I was going through these members, I'm starting to realize these aren't just Justice League members. These are mm-hmm. also some prestiges of Legion of Doom members. Oh, no. Like, they have what one is- guy named Lamprey, who is basically just Parasite. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he, but he doesn't he's not all monstery and stuff. His outfit right. looks pretty stupid. And then there's this person, <laughs> Xena or Ape X. What? So she's an ape who wears a dress and sits in a wheel a mechanical wheel wheel wheelchair. Um she possesses superhuman intelligence and a power of speech. Uh so she uses life supporting chair for locomotion as well as offensive and defensive capabilities, having various weapons, right? And she used to work for the Institute of Evil, which, if that does not sound like the Legion of Doom, I don't know what does. Right. So is this I, just like a, a a Mobius chair Oracle Barbara Gordon ape situation? Kind of. <laughs> but these are also, again, these are members of the Squadron Supreme at some point. Right. But they started out as members of the Institute of Evil, Weird. like Lamprey did, right? Yeah. Um, her, her trivia says that Xena is created as a possible loosely based pastiche of DC Comics' ultra-humanite or Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. I feel... <laughs> all right. I feel like Gor- Gorilla Grodd... Well, actually, the more I think about it, it's not too far of a stretch. Still, no, that, that's, real, that's real odd. That's really... Again, Haywire is an OG original creation, and they basically just go, no, you stay here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... He gets booted because he's not a pastiche. You're too much of an original idea. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You're voted off the island. You're voted off the island. <laughs> oh, God. That's just funny to me. That, again, Haywire, I think, was the best one I found because everybody else, I could, I, if I read them more, I could be like, yeah, no, you're a pastiche. I know who you're a pastiche of. Right. No, this man was just OG, and they just went, no. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, That's my really God. funny. So... Because, you know, Memorial Day passed and flags are bound, uh, we're going to talk about a squadron who protects only a, really a country. Except they uh kind of assholes about it, I'll be honest. So this is Squadron no, Supreme really? of America. <laughs> As in? Yes. I, I love that you're like, they're assholes about it. And I, I, I'm thinking about somebody being like, what do you mean they're assholes? And it's like, oh, Squadron Supreme of America. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they are, this is from Earth TRN uh, 852. So again, this is, there is no in-universe name for this uh, reality. It's just what we as the fandom have named it because we don't know what else to name it. So the squadron is the same members of 616. If anything, they're more like really their 712 counterparts. Mm-hmm. Uh 
except you don't have Wizard, you have Blur. Um, so you got sure. Blur, Hyperion, Doctor Spectrum, um, Warrior or Princess Power, or whatever the heck she wants to go by, Warrior Woman, yeah, mm. Nighthawk. But these are like like the OG ones that I usually think of, right? Mm. And in this reality, there is no Avengers. It's just them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will kind of explain a little bit of why that is um, in a bit. But in this reality, because this is also when you're reading the stories that we'll recommend to you later, you're finding out about this world as you're going on. It's not, here's everything that happened. It's like, no, this is what's happening currently in the comics, this little thing. And this is what happened in the past of this universe. They even, again, even when I was reading it, because I have this, like, so it'll be like, go check out, you know, this I- issue of this book that actually doesn't exist. But I'm like, I love that about these things. Like, these are when it's good. It's like, oh, man, this reminds me of my battle with so-and-so. Go read this comic if you want to know more. You can't because it doesn't exist. <laughs> but they read it like it does. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. Right? So they actually, a notable outing was in, in Latveria. Mm-hmm. You, everybody knows who rules Latveria, right? Um. They basically turned that very into into a democracy, which is honestly pretty impressive. Right, but it was also where they so they ensured a free election. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they ensured more than just that. But because I'll be honest, if if I don't really know if it's said in the comics, but I feel like if Latveria in six one six had elections, they would still vote for Doom mm-hmm. because he's Simply he does pretty speed. good stuff for his people. Yeah. It's just everybody who's not in Latveria can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, everybody who's not in Latveria would vote for him out of fear. People of Latveria, since they're his people, know him to be benevolent to them. He's bene- he's benevolent, but don't fuck with him. Yeah, don't mess with him. So, that being said, operate- they operate around the globe, and making them a bit more malevolent. Malevolent? Malevolent. Mm-hmm. That's the malevolent. word I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, since their army invaded the provinces of... Alberta and British Columbia for their national re- natural resources. Again, this is a government bound government bound Justice League. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck's going to stop them? Yeah. Right. And and then even in this universe, you still had other members. Mm-hmm. Like we still had other members of the squadron. They just weren't as prominent as the main guys, right? So they actually also led a conflict against Alpha Flight. Right. Everybody was almost killed. Um, they actually disbanded because of it, but they actually let they actually had to almost kill Weapon X Wolverine. Mm-hmm. He actually was able to kill Hyperion. He got better again. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yes. This team search. So after the death of Hyperion, the team searched for Weapon X for two years, no leads, till a former member agreed to sell out their location, um, and free their prisoners. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, but this also Canada got screwed. I'll be honest. Canada yeah. was not looking good in this reality. Yeah, nobody really won here, to be honest. And it, the, the only reason that they found Weapon X is because he got sold out. I, right. Otherwise, I'm convinced that they wouldn't have found him. And they would not have found was, Alpha Flight at all. They would have kept no, going. No, they, they wouldn't have. He would, he would have just kept going. And thankfully, it was, you know, to the behest of some other lives, which is nice. So prisoners got yep. to go free. And Weapon X just, I guess, had to face judgment. Well, he got left in a basically in the void. Um, he's got a healing factor. So eventually, all the conflict <laughs> caused by the team led them to fight the Avengers because, for some reason, one of the members just ended up in this reality was not changed. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was changed. 
Captain America was never found. Iron Man didn't deal with shrapnel that turned him into Iron Man. Um, the Ghost Rider never bonded with Robbie Reyes. I'm assuming, and Banner basically got booted out of reality after his first rampage. Uh, Carol Danvers never became Captain Marvel. Wakanda stayed hidden. Who, who, who else? The Star Brand is off in space. Because at this point, it's also bonded. I know we've spoken about Star Brand, I think, before. At this point, the Star Brand responded to a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So all, so they actually fight the Avengers, right? After disabling the Wakandan cloaking field, the two teams met and they battled. And the battle that saw the squadron defeated, except for Nighthawk. And during the conflict, Echo, who you know from the Hawkeye show, but in the comics, she actually is bonded to the Phoenix because the Phoenix basically likes trauma and who in the group of people who are fighting for it, they really had more trauma than Echo, even though she lost the, the tournament. She still went, no, yeah. I win. Come, get over here, Phoenix. Because she knows if anybody else had the Phoenix, the Phoenix is probably convinced them burn reality. She's mm-hmm. like, nah, you're not getting that from me. So Echo and Starbrand were able to destroy the Pandemonium Cube. Hell of a name. Because that was a gift from Mephisto to Agent Coulson, who was in charge of the squadron that they that he helped create. So, yeah. Think of it just an evil cosmic cube that warped reality. There you go. So Starbrand and Echo said, nope, destroyed it. And then they re- and which was the reason why 616 was replaced by TRN852 was a pandemonium cube, right? Mm-hmm. And now, and then when they destroyed it, the reality goes back to normal. Memories of the the memories of the members of the squadron were transferred to their 616 counterparts, but they really had no records. Which and another fallout from this story, and I loved it because Blade remembers all of this, by the way. I don't, and mm-hmm. nobody else remembers it. It's actually two people. Well, th- probably three. If Echo is to Echo, probably remembers too. Blade remembers, and Brandy, the Starbrand baby, remembers because in this reality she had aged a little. She had basically become a, a you know like a I don't want to say toddler, but a little kid. But it's so funny because they because the Avengers who were taking care of this baby were like, I put her down for to sleep last night. And I swear she was a baby. And you just, Starbrand's like, if somebody, like, Brady's like, if somebody calls me a baby one more time, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> because in TR, TRN852, she was raised by Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious to me. That's, like, the best dad parent ever. Yep. I think in the comics now she aged up again. I don't know why, but that's fine. That's got reasons. Uh, listen, it's so. Starbrand. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. At that point, how much do we really understand? So, very little. Next, we're going to move on to another Squadron Supreme. This one doesn't have a cool name. It's just another Squadron Supreme. But this is from Earth 31916. So, this squadron was formed when the government recruited Hyperion and Amphibian to carry out missions on the government's behalf. So, many of their missions were internal in scope and had like positive public relations as like a goal, but just as many were covert. Excuse me and focused on assassinations and military strikes. So, um, yeah, once again, nice shiny face front, but in the end, they're really furthering the agenda of the government. So we've not seen this before. We've seen this before, Squadron. So their first mission is to travel to Africa and take down a warlord whose voice commanded obedience. However, he was taken out by a group of superhumans based within Africa. And when the team arrived, 
the superhumans asked them to leave, stating that Evercoat was quote-unquote off-limits. Um, and during their next mission, when they are traveling to the Ilium province in Iran, Blur is having doubts um, on the team, just in general, uh, as they are heading to the province to stop some insurgents. And Hyperion is actually able to sort of quell his mind a little bit and show him a grave of innocents that were slaughtered by said insurgents, saying that they were doing good and actually making the world a better place. Um, this actually is able to convince Blur very swimmingly. And after his turnaround, he's asked Nighthawk to join, but Nighthawk refuses outright. Once again, as you can see throughout the universes, Kyle Richmond as Nighthawk, his distaste for both Hyperion and teams stays the same. Also, it's pretty much always consistently Kyle Richmond as Nighthawk. We don't really get a whole lot of different identities within the Nighthawk persona, um, which is something kind of funny that Zach and I noticed right before we started this. So shortly after <clears throat> Hyperion engages with a superpowered serial killer known as Redstone, and during the battle, there were a few innocents that were caught in the crossfire as Redstone attempted to blackmail Hyperion with a neutron bomb. Zarda is actually able to defuse it, and Hyperion, Blur, and Nighthawk fight Redstone together, and they are able to defeat him. And after Redstone, the original team disappears for years, and then they are replaced by a handpicked team from Nick Fury. However, the team eventually comes into near conflict with the original Squadron Supreme, but they unite to fight off a superhuman threat from the Middle East. However, through the use of a government device, every single member from the new squadron to the old squadron loses their powers. All right. And then after that, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. The Squadron Supreme confronts the 616 Cabal during an incursion and sacrifices themselves right before their Earth was destroyed so that those on the Earth may live. So this is kind of a confusing chain of events with the squadron, but I think they start out as something and they end as something else completely different, which I think is kind of interesting. And I think there's a development in the team that we don't see in any of the other ones that we talk about, really. You know, once again, we're sort of starting with the government-focused team, you know, nothing new for the squadron. And, you know, we see infighting, we see replacements, retirings, and then at the end, we do see sacrifice, which is something that's indicative of, I would say, more of a Justice League than a Squadron Supreme, because Squadron Supreme is pretty frequently used as a long-reaching arm of the government or a powerful arm of the government. And sometimes we have just like completely despotic and brutal squadrons all by themselves. So this one kind of is in a little bit of a middle area, you know, nice development with this specific squadron. So that is what we have for the Squadron Supreme. So, yes, again, Marvel's literal Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, honestly, I, I do love a Superman amalgam. Hyperion's very, very cool. I gotta agree with you, Zach. And I, I, I just can't get over that one picture of Warrior Woman. I really can't. I don't think I ever will. I think it was the first time I, I saw her reading on the comics. It's, it's like you gotta find it. I think it's just like her base six one six, but it, it's literally just a Wonder Woman shot. The only thing different is that her uh, her outfit is darker, and so is her hair. That's pretty much it. I gotta see if I can find it and show it to you after the fact. But man, it's just <laughs> DC borrows from Marvel and Marvel borrows from DC. But Squadron Supreme is probably one of the best or worst, depending on how you're looking at it, examples of said quote unquote borrowing. So uh, without further ado, we're going to go through the rest of these squadrons here. So if you want to read the Squadron Supreme from Earth 31916, 
you need to look for uh, Squadron Supreme Volume 2, Ultimate Power Volume 1, and Squadron Supreme Volumes 3 and 4, Issue Number 1. If you want to find the Squadron Supreme of America, you know, the famous assholes, you need to read Heroes Reborn Volume 2, Heroes Reborn Weapon X in Final Flight Volume 1, Issue 1, Heroes Return Volume 1, Issue 1, Heroes Reborn Marvel Double Action Volume 1, Issue 1, Heroes Reborn Magneto and the Mutant Force Volume 1, Issue 1, and, excuse me, Heroes Reborn Young Squadron, Oh, excuse me. Volume one, issue one. Sorry about that. A few burps in there. Uh, if you want to read the OG Squadron Supreme from Earth 712, you need to look for Avengers Volume One, issues 85 and 86, and then 141 to 147, and then Defenders Volume One, issues 112 to 115, Squadron Supreme Volume One, Quasar Volume One, issues 13 to 19, 25, 27, and then 50 through 60. Squadron Supreme New World Order Volume 1 and Ultimate Power Volume 1 issues 7 through 9. So once again, if you're listening to this, I'm trying to take it a little bit slower because once again, with the squadrons, we got a lot of different Earths and a lot of different members, so I will do my best. Uh, if you want to read about the Squadron Sinister, not a whole lot on them, thankfully. You're going to find Squadron Sinister Volume 1 issues 1 through 3. And Squadron Sinister Volume 4, Issues 4 and 9. If you want to read about just the base 616, six, ooh, 616, it is 616, I agree, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> from the 616 universe, the patchwork sort of exile connection of the Squadron, you're just going to look for Squadron Supreme Volume 4. That's the best run that you're going to find for them. So... I hope you guys enjoy it. It's been a little while since we did a team breakdown, so this was kind of nice, honestly. I know it was quick, but honestly, with all the time traveling and everything that goes on, there's a lot of politics that are involved in Squadron Supreme 2. So if you like that, I would definitely say check them out. Um, but yeah, they really have run the gamut as far as teams within the Marvel Universe go, especially since some would say that they're much more indicative of a different universe. And by some, I mean literally everybody. So <laughs> <laughs> that takes care of the Squadron Supreme. Uh, any other final thoughts before we say sayonara? Not really. I think we nailed it on the head with these guys. They yeah. are interesting yet meh. Yeah. I mean, like, much. I would, listen, I like them. They're interesting. But again, you can't help but just point yeah. out all the yeah. all the uh, simul- similarities. All right. The reason I think I would read Scrooge Supreme the most is for the little interconnected human stories within, I think those are kind of the best part because especially since it's, you know, a a copy of the justice league, it's difficult not to throw your own understanding on top of it and see things the justice league, the justice league has done as compared to the squadron Supreme. So, but other than that, that's that's pretty much it. So that has been this episode of forgotten heroes. Join us next time for another combo character. Mm -hmm.